and welcome to the PathMig Psychiatry for Primary Care podcast. Hi everyone, this is Whitney Landa, psychiatrist in the Palo Alto location and the Director of Education. Today we're going to talk about fluoxetine, brand name Prozac. Prozac is the first SSRI that was approved in America, not in the world, but in America. And so we have a really nice track record with Prozac in terms of its safety. On the flip side, it's also the one that got picked on by the media. And a lot of people that write books put Prozac in the title. And so sometimes that gives people a negative connotation about Prozac. But it's a fantastic medicine that I use really frequently. And it's a first line for a lot of conditions. And it's one of our few with a lot of pediatric indications. So it's FDA approved for major depressive disorder ages 8 and up. OCD, ages 7 and up, PMDD, bulimia, panic, bipolar depression in combination with olanzapine or Zyprexa in a sort of combination pill that's called Symbiax. It's also commonly used for social anxiety and PTSD. And while it's in the SSRI class, it's actually quite unique and different than the other medications in the class. As all the others in the class do, it blocks the reuptake of serotonin, but it also blocks reuptake of norepinephrine. And in rat studies, there's also um, increased extracellular dopamine after Prozac has started. Now, humans aren't always the same as rats, so you know it's really rat data, but there, there is some evidence that this is true in humans as well. Prozac's effect on norepinephrine really comes into play when we're thinking about activation and anxiety. So norepinephrine is our more activating neurotransmitter, which is great in terms of it gives you more energy. It can be a great booster at the beginning of the day, but it also can make you anxious or agitated. And for me, this really comes into play when I'm starting it for someone who already has a lot of anxiety. And the way I approach it is I tell them that Prozac can increase their energy. I never say it may activate you or make you feel agitated because that will make them not want to try Prozac. So I just really put it in terms of energy. And I say that for people with anxiety, this can be uncomfortable because anxiety is its own form of energy. And if your energy is increased, it can feel like an increase in your anxiety, though it's not actually increasing your anxiety it may feel like that for the first week or two after starting. I also tell patients it's just as likely to make you sleepy, and a lot of people have to take it at night because of that. So if they started in the morning and it makes them sleepy to move it to nighttime, I do recommend that over trying it at night at first, um, since that is a pretty mild effect at starting doses, and the agitation causing insomnia I think is a little bit more unpleasant. So when I'm consenting a patient, I tell them about the potential activation or increased energy. I then tell them that just as many people feel tired with it, so there's no guarantees and most people don't get any sort of energy side effect and really reassure them this is just a potential. But then I tell them, if it happens to you, I want you to go ahead and take it with your anxiety PRN for the first week or two until that side effect goes away and it will go away within the first two weeks. But that anxiety PRN will just sort of smooth that out and so you won't actually feel that increased energy. With the caveat that that works really well if their PRN is something like hydroxyzine or gabapentin, but not if their PRN is a benzodiazepine. 
Benzodiazepines can cause tolerance even within a week or two if they're taken daily. And if people are taking them preemptively at the beginning of the day, they'll often take a second dose later that day. And then you find yourself with a patient with escalating benzo doses, taking it more often than recommended, and it just sort of snowballs. So we don't want to recommend that if they're taking a benzo with their PRN. You might give them a separate, more gentle PRN, something they can take daily, like gabapentin or hydroxyzine, to pair with that Prozac if they get the activation. So as I said, that's not particularly common, and most people will say, oh, I tried that for the first couple days and I didn't need it. I didn't feel anything when I started the medicine. If people have a lot of activation, you can actually start Prozac at 5 milligrams or less. They do make it in a 10 milligram tablet if you want to try to get a 5 milligram dose. They also make it in a liquid. I haven't had too many complaints about that taste, so go ahead and use it. And if I have someone who's just highly, highly anxious about starting medicine, I always give them the liquid and tell them to work up to 10 milligrams at their own pace. And so they have full control over that dosing, and that really helps them feel more secure. And I literally tell them, first day, just put a toothpick in the medicine and touch it to your tongue. You won't get enough to do anything, but it'll at least reduce that anxiety about taking the medicine just in terms of already having done it once. Because as we know, exposure reduces anxiety. Before we go further into dosing, I'd like to talk more about potential side effects. Uh, Prozac has a very similar side effect profile to the other SSRIs, outside of that increased risk of activation. It tends to be weight neutral, though of course people can gain weight on it. It has about a 50% risk of sexual side effects, usually a mild decrease in libido, but of course it can be more severe and it can cause erectile dysfunction or trouble having an orgasm. If that happens to your patient, I recommend starting Wellbutrin or Buspirone to treat the sexual side effects. They can be used safely in combination with Prozac. Another side effect we need to be aware of in the elderly is SIADH. So I'm going to start really low and slow in the elderly and watch them closely for that. Prozac can cause insomnia. So if it does and it's working really well, you can try trazodone, remeron, or gabapentin hydroxyzine, as you'll hear me mention a lot. Um, those are all good medicines for insomnia. Really try to stay away from those benzos because, again, they develop tolerance and then just need escalating doses. And in general, side effects resolve over time. It can take a long time. So if a medicine's working particularly well, try to manage the side effects, and hopefully they'll go away soon. If it's like, meh, it helps a little bit, or the side effects are really severe, I would actually cross-titrate and go to something different, and we'll talk about that later in the podcast. The last side effect I want to spend a lot of time on is the black box warning for adolescents up to age 24, because what this really is is an increased risk of suicidal thoughts, but not suicidal actions. And they're actually not true suicidal thoughts in the way we think about them and worry about them. They're intrusive thoughts about suicide, which is why they don't lead to suicidal actions. They are freaky, and they freak people out, but they're not a safety concern. What I tell people is to let me know if they get them, the risk with Prozac is less than 1%, and that if they bother them, they're severe. We can always change Prozac. Just go ahead and stop the medicine. 
but don't worry about them. And if people are already having suicidal thoughts, I tell them that they're going to be different than the suicidal thoughts they already have. So if the suicidal thoughts they have right now are increasing, I need to know about that. There are, of course, other common side effects like headaches, stomach upset, dry mouth, vivid dreams, which people love most of the time because they just remember their dreams better. Now, dreams are weird and really trippy, so sometimes people really dislike that. Uh, it doesn't change their dreams, just makes them easier to remember. But in general, if people are having side effects and they don't like a medicine because of them, I tell them go ahead and stop it. And SSRIs in general don't have a lot of sneaky side effects where three months later you're like, oh, this started happening, is it from the medicine? They tend to really happen in those first two weeks when you've just started it. So what I tell people is there is no SSRI withdrawal. You know, right at the beginning, and Prozac actually does not tend to have SSRI withdrawal because of its long half-life. So if you don't like the medicine, just go ahead and stop it. We have a lot of options for antidepressants, anti-anxiety agents. We don't have to use this particular one. Just go ahead and stop the medicine. Now circling back to starting the medicine, I always start Prozac at 10 milligrams, even for an adult with no anxiety at baseline, because I know that there is that potential for activation, and I'd rather they take 10 milligrams for a little bit than start at 20 and get the activation, because ultimately we want them on the medicine. And they do take a long time to start working. So Prozac takes two to four weeks for children to start working and four to six for adults. So if we're at 10 for a few extra days at the beginning, that's really not a big deal in the scheme of things. But if they don't get onto the medicine because they had side effects or activation, then that is a big deal. And they take a really long time to start working and there's nothing we can do about that. I get asked all the time, how do I speed that up? And you can't. So it's a very downstream process in terms of how these actually work. So increasing the dose doesn't make them work faster. It just gives you a higher risk of side effects. There's really nothing you can do. So especially for anxiety, I like to start one of those as-needed options as well. Something again like gabapentin or hydroxyzine, which you'll hear me say all the time, um, and not a benzodiazepine unless there's true panic. And then I make sure they really know that that is reserved for panic only and that we're minimizing that. An analogy I love that I actually got from a patient is that if we think about depression and anxiety as buckets of water, and right now their buckets are full, and any little bit more feels like overflowing, and that's why they're in my office. And anxiety as needed medicine is like a ladle, and it scoops out a bunch of the water and it holds it, but it puts it back in. And some of the medicines, things like Xanax, which a lot of people will ask for, actually put in more water than you had at the beginning and give you rebound anxiety. But things like Prozac actually slowly drain out the water over time. So drop by drop by drop. And it's a very slow process of starting to feel better. So they may not even notice that effect day to day, but I'll notice that effect when I see them the next time. And try to have them reflect back on how things were for them maybe four to six weeks before rather than a day-to-day -day level of change. So again, always starting at 10 milligrams. And then if it's an adult with depression going pretty quickly up to 20, they have pretty significant anxiety. I like to give them a week at 10. And then for kids, just starting at 10. 
And same with adolescents. I always start them at 10 and see if 10 will work first before I increase them up. And for little, little kids, I'm going to go ahead and start with that 5 milligram tablet. Now, once I get to either 10 for kids and adolescents or 20 for adults, I really am going to give it that two to four weeks for kids and teens, four to six weeks for adults before I evaluate that dose. And then you can go up by 10 to 20 milligram increments. I go up by 10 milligrams in kids and teens and at first with adults. Again, I want to make sure that they don't have activation or other side effects and a 10 milligram dose increase of Prozac is actually significant. So going from 20 to 30 or 30 to 40. Once we're at 40, if we haven't seen a really substantial change, but we've gotten some partial efficacy, I will often skip the 50 milligram dose and go straight to 60 and then increase by 20 milligram increments, but only once I'm already at those higher doses. And if we're at 40 and we're almost at target, and I feel like this has been a really helpful medicine and we're quite close, I will go to 50. It's not like I always skip them. And that's my style. A lot of psychiatrists will always increase by 10 going up to the max dose, which is 100 for OCD and 80 for anything that isn't OCD. So what if it doesn't work? So we've taken them up, and I would say if you get to 30 or 40 milligrams and there's been no response, then it's probably not going to work if you've given it that full, say, six to eight even weeks to see if it's gonna have a later sort of kick-in time. Then I'm gonna go ahead and stop the Prozac. You don't have to taper Prozac, it self-tapers. Its active metabolite has a two-week half-life. So Prozac's not actually gonna be out of their system for a long time, depending on the dose. And that's actually why, if you're starting another highly serotonergic medicine, it's recommended that you wait until five weeks after Prozac has been stopped. Now, psychologically, for some patients, that's hard, and so I give them a taper anyways. It's just a fairly quick taper because I know that really in, the medicine's going to self-taper over time, and we're not really going to need a low, slow taper. This is actually really nice because it has the lowest risk of withdrawal symptoms. They're very, very rare with Prozac because of that long half-life, and it's also great if medication compliance is an issue because that long half-life protects against some missed doses and helps maintain efficacy. That long half-life also allows for a weekly dosing option, and they do actually make a 90 milligram capsule of Prozac for that specific purpose. So if someone feels like they can remember better with once weekly dosing, you can try that. Or if someone has PMDD with no other symptoms throughout the month, that can be a nice option to start the week before their period. Prozac has a lot of advantages, but of course there's also other concerns we might be faced with after we start it. So some other issues that may come up after starting Prozac is you might see a lot of activation, maybe they stop sleeping or start acting erratically, and then we're worried about actually switching into a mania or hypomania. So you're going to stop the medicine immediately, and of course you're going to screen for that before you start Prozac to make sure that you can safely use it. Um, and you can use it with hypomania in bipolar 2. You're going to stay away from it in bipolar 1 unless they already have mood stabilization on board. And I'd recommend that you do an e-consult before starting that just to make sure that it's really a safe idea.
And if Prozac is being stopped due to switching into mania, of course, you're not going to use another SSRI. You're just going to go ahead and stop it and use something like Abilify or Lamictal, possibly Seroquel, depending on if symptoms continue once Prozac is stopped so that your new agent doesn't have a risk of doing that again. But let's say that you're wanting to stop Prozac because it worked somewhat. So let's say it got you 50% symptom reduction but not remission and you're already at the higher doses or the higher doses cause a lot of side effects and you can't really go up anymore. Then you're going to cross titrate. So what I always do is if they're at a lower dose of Prozac and side effects run an issue is I'll keep them there and start the very lowest dose of the next agent. If they're at a higher dose or they're having side effects, I step them down by one dosing level, usually 10 milligrams, and then start just a little bit of that next agent. So if it's Zoloft, I'm going to go ahead and start 25 of Zoloft and then take them up to 50 as able, leaving as much Prozac as I can on board, knowing that the new agent's also going to take two to four weeks to work in kids, four to six weeks to work in an adult, and I'm not going to leave them without any support in the meantime. So we want to keep some of that Prozac going for the partial efficacy. I know it self-tapers, but they will have diminished effects with that tapering, so I usually still leave them on that dose. And then once the new agent, whatever it is, starts to work, sort of decrease the Prozac over time, Again, with Prozac, you can go more quickly than with some others and then raise that new agent to the appropriate level. And that wraps up our deep dive into Prozac. Thank you for joining us today and learning more about this awesome first-line medication for depression and anxiety. I hope everyone has a great day.